This is episode number 30 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. everybody. Welcome to episode number 30 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannert, CEO of the Leaders Institute. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. This is part three of a three-part series on how, how people manipulate other folks. And in the last couple of episodes, I've talked about how emotion is is really key to the manipulation. It starts the whole process. Also covered the players involved, the ones that are physically that they're they're typically involved in the in a con or in a manipulation. In this episode, though, I'm going to cover the seven signs to look for to know if somebody is actually conning you or to to know if somebody's manipulating you. So the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. And for the last probably about month or so, I've been talking about the rollout of our new leadership development courses. This is a combination of online courses, virtual coaching, or virtual sessions anyway with a leadership coach and and also in-person seminars which are which are key we're, we're looking forward to having those come back on as uh, as more and more states start opening up um, I, I can't wait to really share the details because this this is um, our, our team has kind of been working on this non-stop for you know the the last couple of months and and we're real excited to kind of roll it out because some of the things that we've learned by doing a lot of virtual training, we've we've kind of realized now that some of the things that were kind of holding us back because of logistics, you know, like for instance, on the leadership side, if you want to become a better manager, if you want to become a better leader, if you want to become a better entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges of that is if we're going to go to training, we have to take time off from doing what it is that we do to make kind of make a living in order to to get training. And so if if somebody does have to kind of take time off to go to a, a class or a seminar or a convention or something like that, we have to make sure that it's really worth our while because we're going to be losing money. We're going to be losing um, our, our um, uh, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, especially you're, you may have, have not have a whole lot of uh, folks to kind of take over for you or take, uh, take up the slack when you're not there. And so um, one of the things that we are, we've always been conscious of that, by the way, in doing leadership and leadership training and, and management development training. And, um, and so we've always made our, our sessions really focused on getting people uh, a big result. And um, with, the, with what's happened during the, the COVID era is that we've, we've kind of learned that some of the stuff that we thought that we had to do in in-person training, we can now do in virtual training. And so the combination of those two things now are, are causing some monumental breakthroughs in the way that people can develop skills and becoming a better leader, becoming a better manager and doing it much more quickly and way less expensive as well. Because <laughs> when you take out the logistical challenges, it frees up a whole lot of, of resources. It, it saves you time, saves you money, the whole nine yards. So um, so we're real excited as we as we've um, uh, start to kind of uh, release this. And 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 again, we're just kind of days away now from from releasing all that. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll probably do a lot of, um, uh, we, I do have a, uh, an interview next week, so I probably won't um, give you a whole lot of information about it on next week's session. 
but um, the week after, uh, um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you all of the details about the different uh, uh, different um, classes and courses and online training and individual coaching and stuff like that. Uh, I think you'll I think you'll really see how, a great value in what we're offering to the public and, and really as a, as a help. And especially given how inexpensive the whole process is now. All right. So let's jump into today's session. The, the topic today is it's a continuation of the, uh, the, the three-part series that I started a couple of weeks ago. And this is kind of the last little bit is where we start to tie everything together. It's, it's what are some of those signs that are occurring to let us know that somebody is trying to manipulate us or, that uh, that a con artist is is trying to um, get us to think differently or to sway our opinion about something. And by the way, this doesn't necessarily have to mean that the person that is trying to manipulate us has a nefarious um, reason for doing so. And, and, uh, and in some cases, you know, just like we talked about in session number one, if somebody is trying to manipulate us or if if somebody is trying to persuade us. In some cases, it might actually be to our benefit. But what we're going to focus on more, though, is how people will try to use these manipulation techniques to advantage themselves. And at the same time, over the long run, and sometimes even in the short run, it's a disadvantage to the person who's actually being manipulated or, or influenced. So um, so now that we've kind of know about the people <laughs> that are trying to deceive us and how to manipulate us, which is what we covered on the last couple of sessions, you know, what, what the heck do we do about it? You know, what are the signs and what should we be looking out for? So the number one thing that you want to be on your guard with uh, is when emotions are high in a conversation. By the way, this could be any emotion, by the way. This could be excitement or enthusiasm or, um, or it could be um, anger. Uh, it could be um, sadness. Anytime emotions are high, uh, it, it, it can cause people to make decisions that are not necessarily the best decisions, right? So especially when you see a charismatic speaker or um, uh, when that charismatic speaker is is um, is um, speaking to a group and the group is exhibiting high emotion, you kind of want to be a little skeptical of what they're saying. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that they're not saying the truth. I'm, what I'm saying is that you want to kind of be on your guard and and you because there is a chance that whatever it is that is being said, it, it, it's it's possible that that's a a situation where manipulation is is being. Used so I'll give you some good examples that people see all the time. Like for instance, um, I can remember like when when I first got out of college, I, I I got I got my business degree. I was in the oil business, and and things it was when the the oil industry was really going downhill because the price of oil was so low, and I was terrified that I was going to get laid off and 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 not have a backup plan. And and um, I saw and I did what a lot of young naive people do. I started looking around for folks that, cause I wanted to start my own business or I wanted to be a business for myself. I always wanted to do that. That's why I went to, to college, studied that in college. And there were some folks that were promoting this small business seminar or small business um, convention, I guess uh, that were, it was, and it was at like the holiday Inn in my little town. I was in this, I think it was in Midland at the time, Midland, Texas. So smaller, smaller city. And um, so I should have been skeptical that they were at the Holiday Inn, but it was basically once I got into the room, uh, luckily I was, I was 
I guess, educated enough, or maybe I was just um, skeptical enough that I didn't get wrapped up into it. But basically what they would do is every single one of the speakers would get up and they'd speak for 45 minutes or so. And it was all a pitch. The whole, every one of the speakers was just a sales pitch about, about how they were going to sell you this business in a box. And if you paid them 1500 bucks or two grand or three grand or whatever it was at the time, that um, you could buy this business and you wouldn't have to do anything because the business would just kind of run itself, which is ridiculous, by the way, just ridiculous. But I sat there and watched for the, you know, I guess three or four hours that I was there, kind of watching these, these guys get up on stage and they would get the whole crowd into this fever pitch. They get, the, get them into a, you know, a really enthusiastic state. And, and because of that high emotion, you know, people weren't really thinking as clearly as what they should. They weren't really kind of looking at it with a, with a skeptical perception. And, and as a result, um, you know, they, they, you know, didn't want to miss out on opportunities. So they wouldn't, cause these, they knew these guys weren't going to be here tomorrow. So you gotta, gotta pay the two grand or whatever it was at the time. And that's, that's what can happen a lot of times when folks are trying to manipulate us or con us. A lot of times there's going to be some kind of time constraint. There's going to be something that's going to put pressure on the person to make a decision while they're in that high emotional state. Anytime, by the way, somebody makes an offer to you and then they give you like a 24 hour deadline or a, or a one hour deadline or whatever it is, you to totally walk away because <laughs> those deadlines, most of the time, like 99.9999999999% of the time, they're fake deadlines just to cause you to, to make a bad decision. So be on the lookout for the high emotional states. Number two, the second thing you want to look out for is you want to look for alterations in the language. So manipulators will often use language to deceive people. Um, they, they'll basically they take a, a phrase or a terminology and they'll they'll either glamorize it or they'll change the the actual thing into something that's a little bit more palatable, right? Um, and so you want to look for updated versions of, of kind of the same argument. Um, I, I'll give you a, a few instances, instances from my, my lifetime. You know, I was, I'm, I'm pushing 50 now, so I'm getting up there. Uh, but when I was a kid in, uh, during the Ronald Reagan administration, and especially when I was really little and in the, in the seventies, there was this, um, there, there, uh, the, a lot of the, um, the the scientists at the time were saying that that we were going through a period of global cooling and that um, that the whole earth was going to be frozen in you know 50 years or something like that and then in and apparently that didn't catch on very well because in the in the 1990s when I was you know in, in college and just graduated from college then all of a sudden that turned from global cooling <laughs> to global warming right same people by the way same people making the claims but it would totally flip-flop so now we were going to burn up um, and that was a little bit easier to kind of sell because um, at the time, the um, the natural um, change in in environment was was kind of getting warmer. Uh, but then in the in the two, early two thousands, all of a sudden we started going into a more of a, a a cooling period again, and so it didn't they couldn't really sell the the global warming anymore because all the for the last you know seven or eight years, in the early in the mid nineties the temperature had cooled down. And so they just kind of changed it to climate change, right? So basically those terms are, they're, they're using those terms as a way to kind of uh, sell an idea. They're just, they're updating the, the terminology that they're using 
because the old one has gotten kind of stale. And you'll see that, by the way, um, I'm kind of using the the environmental thing, but you, you can find this in just any type of, of um, um, kind of role or any type of, of um, emotional um, uh, um, selling points of some type, uh, you know, any type of industry where um, maybe a um, uh, something has happened to cause the general public to be discouraged with a certain thing. Um, so any, any time that, that uh, a, um, an industry is kind of under duress, you know, they, they, all of a sudden the name of that industry will sometimes change, you know, so, and you'll see this quite often. So just be skeptical of anybody that is kind of using elegant language to talk about something that when you think about it, you go, what? I mean, a, a, a good example of this, by the way, is like, um, is, is like the, the pro-abortion folks, like the folks that are, that, um, that, that believe that abortion should be legal, right? And so what they'll say is they'll say that's pro-choice, right? Pro, okay, so so pro-choice. Well, yeah, okay, that's true that you the the woman does get to choose, but it's still they're they're choosing to kill a baby, right? So it's it's one of those things that can be it, that the terminology that's being used is being used in order to kind of. Uh, take a step back from actually what's happening. So just be careful when you're, when somebody is using language to describe something that uh, when you, when you look at it from a different perspective or look at it from, from a different color of glasses, it, um, you kind of say, well, wait a minute, that that's a weird phrase to use for that thing. Cause that's usually an eye opener to, Hey, somebody's trying to manipulate you. So manipulate somebody's trying to, to, um, get you to see something that, that is maybe may not be in reality. Um, number three is you want to identify, identify the real villains and the real victims. Um, and this takes a little bit more research in a lot of cases. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's pretty obvious. Um, but uh, like, for instance, if um, the, the example that I used uh, a couple of episodes ago was the, uh, the the guy who's cheating on his wife and and uh, and he's claiming that she's now looking at at uh, other guys when they're out to dinner. Um, we, I mean, she like it's very easy. She doesn't have to do a whole lot of research to know that she didn't really do that. Right. So so it doesn't it's, it's very easy for her to see if she's if she's not getting emotionally involved in the in the the logic, if she's thinking more logically about the situation, that she didn't actually do anything wrong. And so as a result, she is being placed in the villain role, even though she's not the villain, he is, right? So um, it's a, sometimes it's very easy, but often you'll find that that um, that the the villains and the victims are the exact opposite of what the, man, the manipulator is telling you, right? So um, like for instance, the, the, um, the minority business owners in Minneapolis, um, whose life savings kind of went up in smoke, you know, all of a sudden the, the, the mostly people, peaceful protests were going on, but all of the, the entire city blocks were, were, were being burned and looted and everything. And a lot of those entrepreneurs that own those businesses, they're the victims, right? They're, they are, they are the real victims, but, uh, but the news media will make them out to be the, the villains, you know, that they're causing this, right? And most of them are minority business owners who are just trying to to feed their families, and they haven't done anything wrong. They didn't. They didn't hurt anybody, and they didn't. 
um, they didn't do, they didn't break any laws. They didn't, they're, they're not being racist. They're not doing, and, and, and they're the ones that are being punished and being called the, the, um, the villains in the process. So a lot of times that's one of the easier things. If you do just a little bit of research, you can find that the folks who are being, being um, considered to be the, or being told, you're being told are the, the villains. Uh, a lot of times they're actually the victims and vice versa as well. Um, a lot of times, like for instance, in in some of the anti-police type of, of um, stories that are out there, you'll tend to find that the 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 police are being made into the villains, and the person who was fighting the police or resisting arrest or something like that typically has like a long line of of um, of, of uh, past offenses and things that are really violent where they're beating people up and they're shooting people and stuff like that. And, um, and if you, if you kind of find that somebody is trying to make that person out to be a victim versus, you know, a, a criminal, then it, it can, you can, you can kind of see very easily where the manipulation is starting to occur. Uh, number four is you want to be on the lookout for vague language or, uh, and a lot of times global stereotypes. So you, you want to, you, you typically just want to ask more questions when people make vague kind of promises, right? So like if they, like uh, a lot of times politicians will come and they'll say something like, well, this other politician doesn't even have a plan. I've got a plan. Okay, really? What what exactly is your plan, right? What, wait a minute. Why you're telling us that you have a plan, but you actually haven't told us what the plan is, right? You're just saying that somebody else doesn't have a plan, right? So, so those are the things that you want to be very, very careful of is when they're making vague, uh, vague um, statements and criticizing somebody else in a in a vague way as well, and then trying to make themselves look good. So it, th- those are those are the easiest, by the way, to to kind of see when you start to see those those vague types of of statements being made, and you go and it, all you have to do is ask the question, um, what exactly is that thing? And once you kind of do that, it's a little bit easier to to figure out when the manipulation is occurring. Uh, tip number five is you want to investigate the sources, and then the the main thing though is you want to look for the convincer. The convincer is the person that makes the manipulation happen. So like, for instance, when news media reports say, according to two anonymous sources within, and then it'll be any group, you know, whatever the group is that they're trying to make the villain, or they're trying to make, um, it doesn't even have to be, it's somebody that they're making the villain, but but it, any group that they're doing the reporting on, they'll a lot of times what they'll do is they'll, they'll give two anonymous sources. So, hey, it's not just one. We got two sources, right? We're backing it up because that's it for our integrity tells us that we have to have two sources. But in reality, they never tell you who those sources are. They're they're anonymous. And uh, but when you kind of hear that, you need to read or listen. You, you don't, you don't need to actually do a whole lot more at that point. You don't need to, to listen to anything else that they say. You don't really need to read because anytime they're quoting anonymous sources from within an organization, there is a good chance that the, those anonymous sources, the reason why they're anonymous is because they're either making it up or they're a low level person that doesn't have um, any credibility to, to make a statement or it's just a, a flat out line. Those people don't even exist. So everything related to that story is probably just totally and absolutely false. So either the news media or the sources, either one of those two, 
two, two entities are the convincer in the con. Right. So it could be the media themselves. It could be the whoever, whoever it is. So you got to look at, at what the, if you're listening to a media story, like a, a news media or a newspaper, you got to look at what their bias is. Sometimes the bias is going to tell you um, what's, uh, what's, uh, where the, the manipulation is, is, is going to occur even before you actually read the story. Uh, and then, uh, and and then in in addition to that, it could be that this source that they're actually quoting it could be a real source, but that source is actually the convincer. That's the person who is who is kind of made out to be the Boy Scout. You know, the the person who is high integrity and and uh, and is actually um, trying to manipulate the news media into thinking something different than what is actually happening as well. So uh, anonymous source is bad. So anytime, anytime that, that you can't um, identify who the, uh, the source is uh, you want to, if you, if you investigate the source, no matter what, and see, look for the, look for that convincer and you'll be, you'll be a whole lot on, on much better footing anyway. Number six is manipulators often use permissive language. And this is one of the things that um, it, this is more subtle to pick up on, but if you're wondering whether or not, you know, if you're, if you're listening to two different sides of an argument and you start to hear one of them use permissive language in some case, this is not all the time, but in some cases that's, that could mean that that person is using that permissive language as a, it's, it's kind of like what we love, what in sales, the, um, the, the salespeople will call like a takeaway. Like, like for instance, if, if a salesperson is trying to sell you something, um, then if they they feel like you're right on the the edge of of buying from them, but not really sure, then they'll do what they call a, a takeaway close. So they'll, well, they'll say, yeah, I can see this is probably not exactly what you're looking for right now. So maybe what, and, and as soon as they start to kind of do that, all of a sudden the person goes, no, no, I think I am. I think I'm, you know, they'll, they'll, they start coming toward you. So it's, a, it's that same type of thing. And that's what the permissive language will do. So the the keep in mind that since they're they a lot of times the person who's manipulated is speaking gibberish or the vague promises, you won't be able to to verify that those things are true, right? So if they're like for instance in some of the things that we talked about before, you know, so if if um if uh, if if a politician is saying that his or her competitor is supported by white supremacists or something like that. It's going to be really tough for you to find some white supremacists to go interview or something like that. Right. So what they'll do in a situation like that, since they know that it's vague and since they know that it's going to be hard to, to verify those, they'll just say something like, you know, you feel free to verify that or you're welcome to go and verify this because they know you can't. Right. So they're basically uh, a lot of times uh, in the, in a, in a lot of times what will happen is they'll be using that as a defense mechanism because whatever is happening, they're starting to get cornered. And when they start to get cornered, they start to use that permissive language to try to make it look as though they're not really cornered. Right. Um, so uh, in addition, by the way, they'll often tell you that, that you can trust them. So anytime you hear a politician or anybody, by the way, saying something like, hey, I'm not lying or, hey, this is the truth. <laughs> then I've always found that people who are actually telling the truth, they don't actually have to tell you that they're telling the truth. It's just the, 
they told the truth, right? So you don't have to say that. Um, okay. And the last one, number seven is you want to remember that this is the really the most important tip, by the way, remember that no one can manipulate you unless you let them. The major thing to remember about all of the stuff that we've covered in the last three weeks is that nobody can force you to believe something without your permission. Often the manipulator will often result but they're, they're going to offer something that, that you really want though. And as a result, you, you will also want to believe them. Since it's something that you want, uh, then, then you're going to want to believe them. So you always want to look for the ulterior motive though. And you, and you want to be on guard for, for some of these things that I've kind of mentioned that, that, that con artists do. If you do that, you're going to be in a whole lot safer ground and you're not going to be as likely to be uh, persuaded falsely or manipulated or conned anyway. So I, Hey, I hope you got some great value out of these. I, I had a lot of fun putting this together. Like I said, in the very beginning, this is not really my expertise. It's something that I kind of did uh, for fun. Uh, but uh, but hopefully I uh, haven't offended too many people <laughs> and, and you guys will come back next week anyway. So we'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders Podcast. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you then.